right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here alone for an interview episode. Chuck and John will be back later this week for the full episode to try and process the first week of the playoffs. This episode is not an emergency episode, as some have asked for, discussing Coach Fisdale's post-game presser after Game 2 of Spurs Grizzlies, where he went off against the referees and coined the new rallying cries, ain't gonna rook us, and take that for data. First of all, as everyone knows, it's best not to fall behind by 26 points, which then makes you unable to overcome a couple unfavorable calls. Uh, second, I don't think the refereeing was that over-the-top bad. I think the Grizzlies were not the benefactors of a friendly whistle, but, uh, you know, I've seen worse. The Grizzlies weren't playing good offense, often weren't playing good players, so you're not going to get those calls. But uh, I did during the game, and I don't tweet about the refs often. During the game, I dropped in all caps, Bill Spooner is straight-up cheating. That was in response to the Zach Randolph putback that was called a push or something on him that was uh, highly questionable when you look at the replay. Uh, also, in the cold light of morning, reflecting on the game, there are a couple other calls. The Jamichael Green getting cold cocked in the face in front of Bill Spooner, where he made no call. And then there's the, you know, I don't, at the risk of alienating any Spurs fans who just joined for this episode, Kawhi did get the superstar. I got a driving towards the basket with no contact, got helped out at the end of the game. But again, uh, Grizzlies played bad. And, you know, it's not, it's not the refs, although the refs were not awesome. But also some of this, I guess, goes back to the regular season when Mike Conley split his eye open, banging heads with Kawhi, and Mike got called for the foul, which often, which also kind of set off the Grizzlies and made them angry. But anyway, enough of that. The series is on to Memphis, and this episode is on to my guest, a lifelong Spurs fan who recently moved into my neck of the woods in Nashville. Only one announcement today. We need a few more folks to go to fastbreakbreakfast.com and vote for the Memorial Magic alumni team for the upcoming The Basketball Tournament. So help us out. Do us a favor. Be a friend of the show and go to fastbreakbreakfast.com. That will redirect you to the tournament website and click vote for this team. My guest today is a sometimes social media contributor to the Spurs blog, Pounding the Rock. But mainly, he's just a new friend of the show who lives in Nashville, giant Spurs fan, Mr. Braden Neubauer, or Neubauer. Either one. Either one works. What's going on? Happy uh, to be here. Nothing. Glad to have you. Welcome to Nashville. You're a recent mover. Uh, what what do we call those? Immigrant? Um, yeah, I guess it's not as special as I thought it was when I first got here. I heard like over a hundred people move here every single day. So right. I'm really, I'm really not that unique in doing well, no, stuff, Oh yeah. I thought you were saying Nashville wasn't that special and I was going to have to cut you off. No, 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 no. Believe me. I love this place so far. I've been here about five months or so now, but I, I love it. I, I, I can't see myself moving in you know, at any point in the foreseeable future. Well, you don't. I'm, I mean, you don't. You don't have to suck up to me or Nashville. Uh, th- th- <laughs> little secret. Little little secret about Nashville. It's a city 
just like other cities, it has things that are in every city. That's fair, but it, but it does have things that aren't in most cities. Which also, those other cities have things there that aren't in other cities. That's true. I'm really down on this whole... Pl- like, places are obviously unique. Right. I'm, re- I'm very down on people like, oh, you got to go to Nashville for the chicken. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you c- you can cook chicken literally anywhere. Where you want. See, that that's fair. But but saying you need to come to Nashville for the, the music is... Right. Is, you but can just cut that. There's great music everywhere. The fun thing about Nashville is when you're in Nashville, and you don't know this because I, I know I know you are a musician and you just got here, right? But like a true Nashville thing, because I I grew up here pretty much. Like when Nashvillians go to a restaurant and they say, "Hey, there's live music," we're like, "Oh no no no, we're not we're not eating here." Like we're, <laughs> we're like, like there's no like you, uh, you know being at a bar and it's like oh at nine o'clock the band comes on you guys want to give them a couple bucks like no 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 we're leaving like we're not. <laughs> There's a jazz trio oh. with a with a banjo at nine. No, no, we're out of here. Like this is the, the culture that that you know local Nashville people that have lived here for a long time have versus people that that have moved here more recently is completely different. It's crazy. Yeah, like we're but, we're 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 happy you're here, I guess. And you, you, <laughs> you, it is beautiful that you still love music and you are passionate about music. But the rest of us were like, listen, if I don't hear another song, that's fine. Like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, it's a little uh, but I, I guess I'm just jaded. This is I'm, a little bit concerning. No, but. it's fine. You are, you seem to be very talented based on no information that I have. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, Thank I, you. I, I wish you the best. If only, if only everyone felt that way. Yeah. So uh, you just keep your nose down and uh, I would say develop a marketable skill such as accounting, but, uh, (laughs) that is the first real advice I feel like I've had since I got in here. I would say go as hard as you can with music, but if you can pick up a skill that pays money, that also is good to have in your back pocket. Yep. And, and and I, 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 that's been in the back of my head even before I moved here. I'm not, I'm not expecting anything. So, so, and I'll tell, and I'll tell you a couple things that are not a marketable skill. Uh, basketball podcasting or <laughs> NBA blogging. Also, you go ahead and file those under the music category. Which, so basically, <laughs> all of the things that I know aren't, aren't going to make me any money. And they're also the things I know. I'm just speaking from experience. I'm just, uh, I'm, an, I'm, I'm an extra decade down the line from you. Just let me know. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, Braden, we got you here. Before we get any farther, before we talk about the San Antonio Spurs, a team I hate. It's not really true, but we are currently locked in a playoff series of which the Spurs have just taken a 2-0 lead. It got a little hairy or a little fun for Spurs fans. Uh, You guys maybe started, your heartbeat was speeding up a little for Grizzlies fans. We were kind of like, all right, this is it. This is it. But anyway, before we get fully into that, first things first, did you have breakfast? I sure did, actually. Um, I work at a bar. Right now, and I and I work a lot of day shifts during the week, and the bar is within walking distance from a Panera Bread. So, pretty much four or five days a week, I eat a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich from Panera Bread. Aren't those aren't those like five and a half dollars? Yeah, it's not it's not a cheap habit to have, to be honest. And I also order mac and cheese at the same time. And then I and then I hold off on eating that until lunchtime. It, it, I spend like seventeen dollars every morning before work, so I'm like minus seventeen 
for every time I walk into work. But do you, Brayden? Do you have a budget? Um, I don't. I yeah. don't know, like I know if you're trying to make it as a musician and you're starting your day by spending seventeen dollars at Panera. I don't know, man. I, I have a. I have a little. I have a little bit of breathing room. I okay. should probably stop doing that pretty soon. It will probably like now. Yeah. But I, I make more money than I thought I would working at the bar. There you go. And I'm not, that does not by any means mean that I am in great shape financially, but I have a little more money than I expected myself to have when I first got this job. So I, I have a little bit of Panera bread money to throw around. <laughs> that's pretty good. And if you have to eat at Panera, that's a fine, it's a fine choice. I love any, any sort of breakfast sandwich. I can't complain yeah. there. Um, so you just moved here. You were, where were you living previously? Um, I, well, I lived in San Antonio pretty much my whole life, born and raised. And then besides when I was in college, I went to Texas A&M. So I was in college station for four or so years, minus a couple summers. Um, moved back to San Antonio after I graduated for about four or five months just to gather myself before I, I knew that I was going to move here. I just kind of went back home for a second, saved up a little bit of money while living with my parents and then and then took off here. So what is the worst spur season you can remember? <clears throat> oh, it's it's 2011 when the Grizzlies be not even close. That is like my least favorite season of the Spurs. So your your worst season ever was a year the Spurs were the number 1 seed. Yes, and we lost in the first round. I have tried to block that season out of my memory as best as I can, but I still just randomly will be up at like 3 a.m. and that'll pop into my head. And then I all of a sudden have like just anxiety and I start shaking. Man, it could have been even more brutal if Gary Neal hadn't hit that miracle buzzer beater to, oh, save, to save the Spurs. And what it was, I don't know if that was game four. I can't remember the, uh, the game's breakdown. It might be game was, five, but about one of the more useful things Gary Neal did for the Spurs. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm curious, looking back at that 20, 2011, if you can even remember, in my mind, I thought that was funny because as a Grizzlies fan and in a general NBA fan, I remember hearing people talking about that being the end of the Spurs run. You know, and like 2011, like, all right, finally, this is going to be the breakdown. Over. Like, Duncan's old, Ginobili's old, Parker's old. This is going to be it for them. But obviously, they since went on to win a couple titles have a continuous great run. So I'm curious now that we've gotten bringing us to the present season, or at least looking back to last season when they slipped up in the playoffs against the thunder after Mm -hmm. taking an early lead in that series. So coming into this season, kind of what were your expectations for the team in the, in the post Duncan world? See, I, I like to think of myself as a level headed rational Spurs fan, which I know, Spurs fan, I, I, I will be the first one to tell you the Spurs fans can be incredibly annoying and obnoxious. I like So I like to stay level-headed, and sometimes it comes across as pessimistic. Before this season, though, this honestly was the first time as a Spurs fan that I can remember that I didn't think we had a legitimate shot at winning the championship pre- before the season. And right. most people put the Clippers, you know, they expected the Clippers to be the two-seed. Um, before the season started, obviously that didn't even get close to happening. But they usually they put the Spurs at the three. I did not expect us to be the two seed in any way. I did not expect us to win sixty games. Not it wasn't even the whole like the season after Duncan retired, we're gonna like you know we're just gonna fall apart. It wasn't that because I know that Duncan wasn't exactly you know the Tim Duncan that we all loved in two thousand sixteen. 
I thought we would take more of a hit, though, I guess, just figuring out where we were going. But Pop is just such a master at maximizing every player's potential. It, it, it's like every year he, he, he sets up you know, our system to where every player can have their best game you know, at the same time. And he's done that for years. And I just, it's its wrong of me to underestimate Coach Pop. Not that I think we have a legitimate chance of the title still because I still think the Warriors are going to cakewalk through the entire playoffs. But I still, you know, I, I, I underestimated the Spurs this season. So now that they, you have seen them play this whole year and, you know, getting the 61 wins, Assuming they advance past the Grizzlies, like are you are you expecting them to be able to beat either the Rockets or the Thunder? Do you think they either have a good chance to get to this showdown with the Warriors that you ultimately think they're not going to win? Um, well, I definitely think we could beat the Thunder, but I don't think the Thunder even have a chance at making the second round. Um, I do not want to play the Rockets, and I haven't really decided who I think would win that series because I don't think that we match up well against the Rockets in any way. Yeah, I, I, I'm not, I, just, I just don't know what would happen in a Rockets series. I, I know we could pull it off. I just, I, I'm, you know, I'm worried that we would pull the count of the same thing that we did last year. Or what is it that you think is lacking on the Spurs roster that despite all the wins and despite your coach's experience that you don't think that they're, they're, they're cut out to compete with uh, Golden State or maybe even the Rockets? Um, I don't think that we have enough defense to keep up with you know how how, I don't think we have enough defense to keep up with their pace um I think Tony Parker's defense is going to be a problem um when we play a team with like an elite point guard I know he's been able to contain Mike Connolly for the most part um which is good and he's actually been really good on the offensive end also which I, I wasn't expecting I just don't know how sustainable that is and I'm really mostly worried about Tony Parker playing a team with James Harden. Yeah. You don't, you think, cause the Grizzlies obviously in this first round series so far, they don't have the shooters as everyone knows to punish the Spurs. Cause right now the Spurs are focusing everything on stopping Mike Conley. Like right. they, they are, they're doubling down, they're, they're collapsing and the Grizzlies have, you know, Wayne Selden and Andrew Harrison standing on the wings. Right. And w- when you play the Rockets, it's not going to be the case, you know, like because, yeah, the, the Rockets are made for James Harden to slash and for him to kick out to, you know, great shooters. And we can't collapse on Harden the way we're collapsing on Connolly or we're just going to get shot out of the gym. Yeah. Speaking of Parker, who has hit his shots in the first couple games, uh, we talk a lot about the Jaguar growth hormones that LeBron James gets from Florida. <laughs> that have powered his career. So Vince, <laughs> Vince Carter obviously got his hands on some this season, but I'm worried in the playoffs looking like Tony Parker might have intercepted Vince Carter's shipment of the Jaguar growth hormones. I don't yeah. know what your thoughts are on that. I don't know. I, I don't know where that came, where this is coming from, to be honest, because I am, I, I've been the first one to tell you in the last couple of years that Tony Parker is for lack of a better word, just washed for the most part. And I, I, I knew that his corner three was valuable. I remember a couple years ago when he started taking that corner three, um, Pop said it was literally the only three that he wanted Tony Parker ever taking. And I know that he's he's practiced that, and that's you know it, it's it's part of the system. Tony Parker shooting those corner threes, but he's been good all over the floor. Like he's been, he looks lively. He's he's driving. 
He's playing good defense. I mean, it's a, I don't know where it came from. I wasn't expecting it, but I don't know if it's sustainable. And that's just me, again, being trying to be a rational Spurs fan, but coming across as pessimistic. Do you look forward? Are you like so? You're already, are you already looking forward as a Spurs fan to like moving on past Tony Parker as a franchise, or like when you watch these playoff games or the regular season games this year, are you watching it with a like nostalgia or a thankfulness of of Tony Parker, and you're like, I just wish Patty Mills would be out there more, or are you still like, no, no, no Tony Parker's doing good, and they like the setup we have going. Um, see, and I, I go back and forth, back and forth with that too because. I, I've wanted us to move on from Tony Parker for the last couple of years. Um, I don't know if the answer to that is starting Patty Mills. I think it might have to be for at least a year or so. Um, but again, like right now, I, I don't want I don't want anything to change this series, I guess. Um, but like in the past, like all season, even last season when I was watching, it was I was so ready for us to to just move on from, like you said, just move on from the Tony Parker era because. Mm-hmm. He just, I mean, he, he's some, like a lot of times he's, he's does more harm for us than good. And, and a lot of people also think, and I don't know if I'm actually a believer in this and I'm going to ask you this. Do you think Tony Parker kind of takes away from Kawhi's offense a little bit sometimes? I don't really know. Like I don't watch, I haven't seen enough of the Spurs this season. Like they're a team that, when I'm picking between like the five games I'm watching that night, I'm right. always like, yeah, Spurs are going to win. <laughs> and so like, I, like I, I, I don't watch a ton. Like, like I guess when they have close games, I turn it over. Like, I feel like I've seen all of Kawhi's last second heroics. Cause anytime okay. there's a close game. So like what I'm seeing the most of is like almost Kawhi ISOs. of just guys right. beating him. So I don't know. Like, yeah, you'd have to tell me, I can't, I cannot give an informed opinion on uh, the, how Tony Parker is cutting into Kawhi's offense. I don't think he does. A lot of people think that I, I just see it on Twitter and these are not from like experts by any means. They're from like various just kind of unknown bloggers and things that I see just from following so much of basketball Twitter. But a lot of people think that he like just will, will refuse to give him the ball some plays and try to either like create something else for the market to create something for himself. And it's, and I don't know, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. Like I see him obviously like when Kawhi's kind of standing on the other side of the court and Tony Parker will drive and kick kick left when Kawhi's on the right or something. But I don't see it as like he's avoiding Kawhi at all. But I do think we could have a – I think most point guards, most starting point guards in the NBA are much more valuable than Tony Parker as a whole. Yeah, I think there's such a glut in the league where if you have to rank your, your starting point guards – Tony, Al- Tony Parker, excuse me. I think about Tony Allen because it's the only thing in my brain most of the time. <laughs> so sad he's not playing in these playoffs. Oh, I know. It's killing me. What's literally, what's the point, Braden? What's the, what's the point of having the playoffs? If, I mean, if you're, the, I, I if, if you're the Grizzlies, that is. If you're the Grizzlies, what is the point of having the playoffs if Tony Allen is not there? But even because I consider myself more of a basketball fan than I am a Spurs fan. And okay. Even for me, I, I I don't like the fact that Tony Allen is not playing. I want every team in the playoffs to be at full health. It's just it just makes the playoffs better in, in every single way. Well, the good, the yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, well, I'm just I I I think that we could have still beaten the Grizzlies with Tony Allen, and maybe that's the only reason I can say this. But I I really wish he was playing. Yeah, no one wants to see. I mean, the Grizzlies. He's what makes grit and grind. 
He's the guy who stirs yeah. the pot. He's the He's engine pizza. that fires it. Like he is the one who makes them play hard. So I know this game two, the Grizzlies had a little bit of a rally or a big rally in the second half. It showed a little bit of that fight, a little of that heart, but it's the whole thing. It's like, yes, we knew we were going to lose to the Spurs because we couldn't shoot, but we thought we would be scrapping it in their face the whole time with Tony Allen. But anyway, Tony Parker, yeah, he's one of the you know bottom ten probably point guards if you're yeah. if you're listing you yeah. know all, all the guys in the NBA. Um, I'm curious, what do you think about the MVP race briefly? Like, do you think Kawhi, as a as a Spurs kind of leaning person, do you think it should be Kawhi's? Um, I I, I don't want to. It's like I don't want to say that I think it's Kawhi because I don't want to act like it's just out of just pure bias. But sure. Um, because because my my MVP pick is Russell Westbrook. Uh huh. I definitely definitely believe Kawhi is obviously in the race, but I've I, I've read a lot about how uh, a lot of guys are saying how individual defense isn't nearly as valuable as individual offenses, mm-hmm. which obviously is true. But I, I've kind of read like just in depth about that, and and it, and it really is it, it's just not nearly as valuable as as offenses. Now he is I feel like the only candidate that legitimately is like top tier on on both sides of the floor which which definitely matters and it's but that's the only reason he's in the in the conversation if we're being honest because his offensive production isn't near Harden's or Westbrook's or I mean it's closer to LeBron's but still it doesn't really if you're just looking at offensive production it doesn't really touch any of them so he he's in the conversation because he's so elite on defense but I I just don't think pushes him over the top. If we would have like somehow gotten the one seed or something this year, maybe. Um, but he, with how, how big of a load he has on offense, the it's, it's not, I guess his production really isn't represented in the box score. And when you look at the box score and you see that he has like LaMarcus Aldridge, you might think that like, it's just, he, he has more help than the other guys, which he does. The Spurs obviously have, like a better supporting cast than the Rockets and definitely the Thunder. But he doesn't have as much help offensively as it seems if you actually watch the games. No, I, I agree completely. I don't I think the Spurs are one of those and that's when where we give Pop so much credit. And right. that also ends up being some of some of the detractor or the that we detract from Kawhi's campaign because of like whatever the rumors, the whispers of like he's a system player or there's the mm-hmm. Spurs system, which I actually I mean I take credence in that because I think what Popovich has done with this group of players is astounding. I think I was joking on our last episode that, you know, like if Earl Watson was coaching these Spurs, they'd, you know, I don't know if they'd be 500. Like it's, it's amazing to me. They win 60 games and obviously Kawhi, you know, he's putting together these 20, 25 points on incredible efficiencies. He's not turning the ball over at all. I saw some random stat where he's like one guy, one of three guys who has, 20 something points per game three. I think it's three steel or close to I'm getting this all wrong, but uh, like he, he only, he had less than two and a half turnovers per game with the amount he's scoring and stealing and assisting. Um, it's was, it was a very rare thing. I'm curious. Uh, so talking of system players, do you think, and this might be angering to Spurs fans, does the, the fact that they haven't missed a beat at all this year post Duncan cause us to reassess what we think of Tim Duncan at all? 
Oh, don't go there! <laughs> I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that. I love yet. Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan's my favorite player. I mean, also it's his his whole his whole his whole demeanor. Every quote he ever gives is hilarious. His uh, all his Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> and World of Warcraft, all that talk. Yeah, right. You can't not yeah, love no, Tim. Duncan. I adore I adore the guy. Um, that's actually interesting because I haven't even like seen that theory, even thought about that. But to counter that, I guess. You could say that Tim Duncan wasn't too valuable his last couple of years. To be honest, he was he was very valuable on the defensive end, and he kind of changed. We kind of changed our whole game plan to revolve around Kawhi on defense and, and Timmy on or Kawhi on offense, and then Timmy and Kawhi on defense. But um, I see, <laughs> and I can't I can't, I can't even confidently say that like you have to just attribute that one. Like, there's no question. It's it's all pop and that like you have to give 100 percent of the credit to him and that that's just outrageous to even think. I will say though that that he wasn't entirely that valuable his last couple of years and that that I feel like attributes to because our defense has taken a hit or at least our interior defense has, um, especially when we were starting a saw for the, like the majority of the season. And I feel like he was definitely missed and you could tell in that regard. But I think we have to give most of the credit for us not skipping a beat to. Kawhi's improvement kind of every single year, year by year, and then this like insane jump that he took from last year to this year in terms of like offensive efficient efficiency. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it more on yeah. that than any. That's a, that's a safe answer. I mean, I'm I'm also yeah. one of the ways that we judge, or just when I say we, like the entire basketball community and the people who write books and articles and. S- online slideshows like when you're focusing on entire careers you focus so much on titles and all-star games and it's like duncan was incredible and awesome but like if he's not on a popovich coach team you know the spurs don't win all the titles in my mind that's because but i'm also i say i'm also the guy who like i think tom brady and joe montana are both all-time great quarterbacks but if both of them like ended up on the tennessee titans they would be nothing type thing. And that's why there's so many factors that go into a player winning a championship, like cat, like countless infinite factors. Like you could go back to like the fact that this guy was born in this year that put him in this draft class so that he went ahead of this guy and went to this team that had that pick in that year. It's there's so many things like, like we said that, that put guys on certain teams that put them in positions to be successful so that's why I think the rings culture that kind of, I mean, this was before Twitter even that like people have is just incredibly frustrating that like the fact that so many people hate Chris Paul because he's never made it out of the second round. That's ridiculous. Cause Chris Paul's incredible. Yeah. He's, he's one of the best point guards of like this generation and it's just not even debatable. And, it, and it's, it's, it's just really annoying that, that there's kind of the culture that you can't, be great unless you win championships because there are just so many factors that go into that besides just like just one individual player being good at basketball. Yeah. So what are you what are you expecting as the Grizzly Spurs season Grizzly Spurs series goes back to Memphis? Do you think uh, Memphis will be able to, or what do you think the key is going to be like to to close out the Grizzlies to keep the uh, I guess the foot on their throat? Um, I think it's going to be continuing to contain. Mike Connolly, and then not letting Gasol and Randolph have good games at the same time. 
Um, cause I feel like the Grizzlies can't beat us unless kind of, they, they beat us inside with, with both of those guys. Like, like it was in the first half of game one, Gasol, I mean, matched, I think his playoff career high in the first half. Oh, yeah. Is that right? And, yeah. and we were, we, we had no answer for it, but then I, I don't know. Randolph wasn't really much of a factor in game one. If I'm remembering, he, he was uh, a minus 39 plus minus, uh, yeah. three, three for 13 yeah, from the so, field. Okay. Outscored by 40 while he was out there. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So yeah, he was not much of a factor, but then you look at this game and he was, wait, let me check the box score here. Cause I know Gasol didn't have a very, very good game on offense. I mean, Gasol had 12 points for 15, but then Randolph had 18 on 50% shooting and 18 and 10. He had a double, double off the bench. Um, I'm worried. I, I think they should, I think y'all should start Randolph probably. Um, because like Randolph and Gasol were like my two main concerns going into the series, but but again, if if they're not playing well at the same time, I don't think the Grizzlies really have a chance to win. Yeah, a game. the Grizzlies are are operating with approximately six NBA players, or not not not, not <laughs> six, maybe seven, but like like Jamichael, Jamichael yeah. Green, Marc Gasol, Zach Randolph, Vince Carter. Mike Conley and James Ennis in my mind are kind of the basketball players on the team. And, and, and there's yeah. other guys wait to play. So the fact that the fact that Wayne Selden is starting in a playoff series against the Spurs, the that's fact it, I mean, that Wayne Selden, Andrew Harrison, Troy Daniels are on the court at the same time. Like you could have Mark Gasol and Iron Man in the front court and you're not going to win a game. I mean, that's right. Wayne Selden, Troy Daniels and Andrew Harrison. That's a D league team. That's, that's the Iowa energy. Yeah. But uh, anyway, <laughs> so it, it's just I, I don't think I don't think you guys are going to win a game unless unless just I mean, I guess Kawhi could have just like an insanely off. I night. still think they're going to pull one. I mean, Kawhi is currently what averaging like two point five points per shot. I think that's two point four. OK, I think is the I exact think I think that's going to fall off. I, I think we got a gentleman sweep coming. I think we got a five game series. Chris is gonna get, okay. give gives the people of Memphis one thing to cheer for. I also have a stat. I don't know if it makes if, if I don't know what to make of this. Uh, if you add up the score of game one first half with game two second half, Memphis is up ninety four ninety two. But then if you take a uh, second half of game one first half of game two, uh, it's it's one sixteen to seventy San Antonio. So, like I look at that and and as a Grizzlies fan, I'm like okay. Well, like, like it, it, I, for some reason it gives yeah, but, me hope and it, it shouldn't, it's like, it's, it's horrible. <laughs> what, news. Yeah, what does it mean? Yeah, I don't, it, it maybe it would mean a little more if it was, you know, the second half and the second half and the first half and the first half, like if both teams were doing well in their respective. All halves, those, I think, I, I think this is why it gives me a little bit of hope is because it reminds okay. me of like other playoff series where the Grizzlies would win by two and then lose by 15. And then by two, and I'm like, well, yeah. that's what we do. Like, if you're going to beat us, we run out of gas and you have more firepower. That's cool. A win's a win, brah. <laughs> you know, so no, it's going to, it's going to be ugly. All right. Last, uh, last couple things. Um, sure. if the Spurs are going to say, they're going to win a title this year, who's going to be the key factor. And that is my most mainstream sports media question I've written down. <laughs> um, I think the key factor is LaMarcus Aldridge. And I don't think it's, there's any really question about it because he, I think the, the, the LaMarcus Aldridge offensive, you know, load 
I think I think that's the factor. He has to produce on offense against a team like the Warriors if we want to beat them, because we can't we can't put that entire load on Kawhi and then ask him to guard Kevin Durant for a seven game series against the Warriors. You just can't do it. And Lamarcus has to show up on the offensive end, I think, for us to have a chance of winning the championship. That's a it's a fine answer. I'm not a big I'm not a big Lamarcus Aldridge fan. When I'm uh when when I'm yeah, trash talking teams such as the Spurs, uh, I'm just like yeah, like like give it to that guy. Let's see what he's got. I don't I I don't trust him. I I, I haven't I haven't enjoyed Lamarcus Lamarcus Aldridge's uh, tenure on the Spurs as much as I I thought I was going to him before we before he played his first game with us. Yeah, it hasn't. It's been a little underwhelming. I think the uh, I think the expectations yeah, hey, were a bit much. Perfect word. Perfect word for it. It's been underwhelming. I personally love when I see Shea Sharano just trashing him on Twitter. That, <laughs> always, that always cracks me up. Because he's such a Spurs fan. And, and I, that's why I like Shea Sharano, because he will, he will be the first to admit that LaMarcus Aldridge is not doing well for the Spurs. And he is the biggest Spurs fan on Twitter, practically. When, when I'm in Memphis cheering for him this weekend, I'm just going to, a lot of, like, 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 press them. They will fold. That will be, that, <laughs> that, that, that'll be my... Uh, Cause I don't, I don't, I don't trust Pal Gasol in a dogfight either. But that's a, uh, those are, yeah. old, old, those are old wounds. Those are old Grizzlies wounds. And the the most annoying thing about the Lamarcus Aldridge thing is so many Spurs fans will defend Lamarcus Aldridge to their death and then hate Danny Green with all their heart. And it's just, it's it's unfathomable to me, like how how you can watch games and and have have those opinions. I mean, that's just these are basketball fans. These are these yeah. these are the people who think Troy Daniels is the answer to the, this playoff series. There's a Grizzlies <laughs> fans like, why is it Troy Daniels playing? Like, guys, he's he's not a he's not a baller. All right, last question. Yeah, uh, we we've had a theory on our show. I want to run it by you. Uh, you mentioned earlier about how the Spurs, you know, have good luck at like kind of picking up random guys or finding the free agents. And a lot of it's mm-hmm. like you get the late round draft picks. You get the random guy, like a, like Danny Green, who was cut from the Cavs, and they, they just signed him. So uh, right. we, we had a theory that the Spurs were so good at it every now and then that they signed someone just to throw other teams off the scent. And uh, mm. we think they signed Austin Day just to trick other NBA teams into signing him for years to, to, to come. So, I don't know what you think. That would be I want to believe that actually so badly because that would be amazingly conniving yeah. by the Spurs front office. Because I know the Grizzlies brought him in, like the Hawks brought him in. They're like, well, I mean, the Spurs signed him. But, like, like it's gotta be something. Really, let's let's take him. Do you really think like like would would they do that? Yeah. Like with like because you would think if a team is so good at finding these productive guys that that no one else seems to find if their scouts are really that good or if they're if they're kind of I guess like trainers are really that good at at, at building players up w- would they just waste a sign yeah. on someone like that just oh to I mean the, the, their roster is limited you can't keep everybody yeah. and so every now and then like you know we, you know guys we got to bring in some people like we brought in Jamichael Green on a ten day we had to cut him and the group's like this guy's all right Let, let's sign him he's pretty good. <laughs> So I, th- I th- you know, I think they were just like, we can't leave it for everybody. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask some of my more knowledgeable fellow Spurs fans. I'm, I'm gonna ask them this question. It's just like you guys. Say- it's just like you guys losing to the Lakers on purpose. So the uh, knowing that would keep 
you know, the Lakers would possibly lose their draft pick. Like Spurs are thinking big picture in my mind. They're like, this keeps the Lakers down for years if we blow this <laughs> late season game to them. So I don't know. I, I, I give the Spurs a lot of credit for being almost uh we joke they're like a Bilderberg utopian, <laughs> uh, eugenic focused, whatever. I'm going to dive into this conspiracy theory. Uh, we, we have we have a lot of them on our old shows uh, talking about various Chuck's turkey bacon conspiracy theories, talking <laughs> about uh, different Spurs programs that we believe in, and with uh, with Colonel Popovich, retired Air Force. He's he's seen some things. He knows some things. Oh, yeah, yeah, he does. So uh, you might be onto something. This is oh, it's all Chuck. Don't come for me, people. I'm intrigued by by all of this. Nonetheless. Well, Braden, uh, thanks so much for uh, taking time. Uh, glad you're in Nashville. Glad you came to the Grizzlies watch party the other night, even though it didn't turn out <laughs> well, was, well for my team. That was a lot of fun, actually. Even though I, I felt awkward taking seats from from Grizzlies fans, so I decided to move tables. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, you stepped you stepped up when you wore your Kawhi jersey. That that was that was pretty right. good. I had to. I had to do it. Well, uh, Braden, tell people where they can follow you on Twitter and uh, check out your opinions. Oh yeah, uh, it's uh, Bray Denominator, which is I don't I don't want to spell it, but it's just it's just Bray B R A Y and then the word Denominator. Bray it's like my... a donkey, Denominator. <laughs> I'm very very active on Twitter. If you follow me, you will likely be annoyed pretty quickly. But every once in a while, I have a I have a gem thrown in there too. So that's that's the contract we make. Yeah, exactly. Well, cool, Braden. Thanks so much. Uh, I'll be s- seeing you soon. You have a good one. Thanks for having me. All right, big thanks to Braden. Best of luck in his music endeavors in Nashville. You guys check us out at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. You can support us there. Be one of those awesome friends of the show who pays us to keep the lights on at the baby dungeon. Keep food in little Chase Buddy Budinger's tummy. Go to fastbreakbreakfast.com. Vote for the Memorial Magic alumni team. You can follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at Fast Break Break. You guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, never apologize for being G and G. Fast Break Break, man. You understand?